You're listening to The Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. We'll dive in with our guest in just a second, but first I want to tell you about an exciting new offering that we have called Onsite Consulting. That's right, Buildertrend is now offering Onsite Consulting. It's a customized training based on your needs for your entire team in your workspace. Our team of highly trained coaches will come to you and train your people on Buildertrend best practices. If you want to increase your team's skills and our programs quickly and efficiently, then Onsite Consulting may be the perfect fit for you. Of course, you can head to our show notes at buildersturn.com slash podcast and click on the link for on-site consulting to learn more. Today on our episode, we have a special guest joining us all the way from Washington, D.C., from the company Ipsen Solar. Today, we're joined by Hervé B.A. Hello. Good uh, afternoon, everybody. Hello. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, in Washington, D.C., so uh, a lot of things going on in D.C. Yeah, of course. Nation's capital, always lots of buzz happening there. Yeah. You know, the, the company name and your name... Got a lot of research from from Tom there, so I'm glad we're making him work a little bit. It's true. Ipsen Solar. Ipsen Solar. I love it. Maybe let's dive in first and let's talk yeah. about the name. I know you, you mentioned it comes from, it's a Latin name, so maybe you can give us the background on it. Yeah, there is a little story behind it. So first uh, we started, it could be called uh, Smart Power. Well, that wasn't a very smart decision because there's a lot of companies with the name Smart in it. And so we had to change that. And so we changed it to Ipsen Power. Actually, I Googled uh, how you say smart in, in Latin and, and Google told me that it's Ibsen. And I had a little bit of Latin when I was younger. I was like, that's not correct. Ibsen actually means, means yourself. And then I thought about it more. Well, actually, we install solar panels so people create their own power, your, your own power. So being called Ibsen power, that makes sense. And then now we call Ibsen solar because, you know, you want to make sure you call your name has solar so people can find your services because when we were called Ibsen Power, we had a lot of people calling us in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. Like, I need to pay my power bills. Like, well, you just called a solar company. So more than happy to come install solar, but we had to change it because we were just over- overloaded. We, people wanted to pay their bills in the middle of the night. And I'm the guy that's still 24-7 on our phone line. So if you want to annoy me, just call me in the middle of the night. I'll pick up. <laughs> I love the dedication there. That's interesting. Yeah. We should ask all of our guests how they came up with their name. I like Because that. that's a really cool story. That's a great story. So how long have you guys been in business? About three years now. Three years? Yeah, and you've got a team of people there. Um, but I want to start by talking a little bit more about your background. Because you've been dancing around the solar industry for a while. Is that correct? Yeah. Dancing is correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is so, that accurate? Uh, <laughs> He's the dancer. I, <laughs> So I'm an engineer by by by, by education, uh, master's in, in electromechanics. That's not something that exists in, in in America. But electromechanics is actually pretty a good good degree. It's like taking half of the electrical class and half of the mechanics. So you don't know anything for sure, but you know half of electricity and half of mechanics. <laughs> and the reason why they did that is because most electrical components have a mechanical component, and most a lot of mechanical components have an electrical one. So you, you needed somebody that that knew a little bit about both. Nothing for real, but just to combine those uh, that, that knowledge and little did I know that a solar energy system has a mechanical component to attach to different roofs in many different ways and also has an electrical component so it was actually a perfect education uh, for that That's um, awesome. but what what got me into the solar industry was um, I designed the first Belgian solar car it's a good 15 years ago but that's how I got into solar yeah let's oh talk boy. about that Here for a second we go. <laughs> Tom's got a Tesla and it's just <laughs> cannot go a minute without hearing about it. So, all right, take it away, Tom. <laughs> I just want to know more about the solar car that you built. 
So what did it look like? I mean, do you have like pictures that you could share with us and we can put them up on the show notes page afterwards? Yeah, totally, totally. It's, it's so, the idea um, came from a student at our university. And at the university, they, they, they built a car in the Netherlands. It wasn't Belgium. But one of the students at a university joined a team in the Netherlands to build a solar car. And it's, there is a, a, a championship every two years. People all, all over the, the, the world build a solar car and then they ship it to Australia and they race it. And then that race over time, first was a bunch of amateurs and you know you just have an ordinary car, slap a solar panel on top and call it a solar car. And then as things progress over time, just like uh, industries mature, did you actually end up racing, I assume, too? Yep. We shipped the car to Australia. I remember talking to DHL and like, can you please ship it for free? And then they actually eventually said yes. So wow. that was very nice. So not 15 years ago, I'm still thanking sponsors. Uh, like I just mentioned, DHL. And, and there's, there's a, there are other ones that we still sponsor. Um, so Makita, for example, is one of uh, two manufacturers, right? Yeah. The company, I like to buy Makita drills and impact drills. We buy a lot of them. And I, I still ask my guys to buy Makita just because Makita helped us at the time. They gave us a catalog that like you just get whatever you want. And so many years later, I'm still a Makita fan because of that. So That's great. There you go. Let's fast forward to today. And so you guys are now based in Washington, D.C. You kind of service the whole DMV area there, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, uh, how, you know, how many installs are you doing? Um, you know, give us give us some more background on that. Yep, yep. So we've grown uh, quickly. The solar industry in America is really maturing fast. It's, it's picking up. Um, when I did my first residential systems like a good 10, 15 years ago, um, it was really expensive. And you basically had to find like a hippie with money, like somebody that really wanted solar <laughs> for whatever reason. And, and that was it. And there were not too many hippies with money that I could find. So um, I was living in Alabama at the time. I was my first solar company. So I had just three solar installations in a full year time. That, that was it. So couldn't run the business. Now, many years later, I started Ipsen, uh, Smart Power, right? Um, and then uh, in three years' time, we grew from just uh, me and my co-founder, uh, Joe, where we just did everything ourselves, like the engineering, the design, the sales, just everything ourselves, um, to now we 20 people full-time and still still hiring uh, aggressively. That's and, awesome. And what's a typical install for you? Is that residential, commercial? Um, do you have a typical job that you get? Yep, yep. We work in, in three different markets, Virginia, D.C., and, and, uh, and Maryland. So they're all a little bit different. So if, to answer your question about a, a typical job, I would say like a standard uh, residential. That's our, our bread and butter, installing residential systems. Uh, we do that every day now. Um, and then we do also commercial. We also have an utility scale uh, project going on. So those are those massive, big fields that you see. Um, so that's 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 really changing it. So when we just got started, I mean, you install a few solar panels. You're like, why am I doing this? As a mission, we want to fight climate change. But like installing a few solar panels is not going to make a dent in anything. Just like with a solar car. And, but the idea with that solar car was to start doing some lobbying. I, I, I personally went to see the energy minister at the time in Belgium and said, like, we should do something about climate change. I'm not sure that they listened at the time. But anyway, it was like a, a statement of what solar can do. And so now installing solar panels, yeah, one or two panels is not going to make a difference. But you do this over and over again every single day of the year, 
with more and more crews and more and more people that can afford it because the price of solar just crashes. So like it dropped 90% in the last five years. So whereas in the past, everybody just plugs in their home, their home to, the, to the grid, right? And you just pay utility bills every month. Everybody pays them. That's it. That's an utility. Just like you pay your, your phone bills every month and you pay utility bills every month. And electricity, everybody uses it. And there was not really an option. Whereas now, you might as well put solar panels on your home and produce your own power. You don't have to pay an utility anymore. So yeah, it makes sense. Bills, pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's it's great to point out, like, again, how the industry is changing so much um, and solar is becoming way more accessible because of price dropping, but also the panels themselves are getting more efficient, correct? Yeah. So that way, yeah, like, yeah. you know, because you're, I mean, I'm thinking about Washington, D.C. weather. I'm thinking about Omaha, Nebraska <laughs> weather. It's not California where you've got sunshine 300 days out of the year plus, right? But you're still yeah, able to produce a lot of good energy off of these solar panels, even in the in climates where they're not, you know, seeing the sun every single day of the year. That's true. That's true. Now, let's keep in mind that the first big nation to install solar, like, like big time, was actually Germany. It's not too sunny over there. So we in Washington, D.C., we have 40% more sun than, than, than you have in Germany. So even your worst case system in that you install in in Washington, D.C., it's still going to produce, way, way outproduce a, a system in Germany. So a lot of people ask also about shading. Like, hey, I have a shading, I have a tree here. Would that be problematic? So you would have a, a tree that literally covers 40% of your array before, and you would still be the same as like a perfect system in Germany. And like you said, like the industry is changing, is maturing. So 10, 15 years ago, we installed, solar panels were so expensive that whenever you install it, you it was an optimum system. The solar panels were oriented towards the south. It was like the perfect system. No shading, no nothing. And now solar panels are so much cheaper and the, the, the price of a solar project is just labor and insurance and design work. It's not just the solar panels anymore. So now we attach solar panels to roofs like that are east facing, west facing, and we start even installing north facing, which just a few years ago was like, if you did that, you were like a moron. Like, you don't know about the solar industry. Like, that's a no-go. You don't do that. But now solar panels are so cheap that once you take on a project, once you start construction, you're on the roof. You're like, if you do one side of the roof and the other one is facing north and not like a, like, not like a steep uh, incline, might as well put them on the north face. So... The, the industry is changing rapidly, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your industrial project you said you're working on. Is that to do something like community solar? We would like to. Uh, the one I mentioned, like a five megawatt is in Virginia. Community solar is not, not legal, not authorized. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, although the utility calls has a, a community solar project in mind, but what they normally a community project is couple of people get together, pay for a solar company to install solar in, on, on, on a field or wherever they can find it. And then the, you can distribute that power to people that want to pay for it, right? That's a community solar. People get together, pay for solar, and then they can distribute the energy to whoever wants to pay for it. And that's a lot by state legislations, like Maryland, for example, that's a lot. Now in Virginia, it's not a lot, so you can't do it. And then there is something called Community Solar Virginia, but it's the utility that owns the system, gets it built, and then upcharge people to use solar power. Whereas solar power is actually cheaper, little maintenance, so it's usually cheaper than regular power. 
but then utility here calls it community solar power, does everything themselves and upcharge customers for it. So it's not entirely, they just rebrand, they use the branding of community solar for their own. Take us through the economics of it all. Um, and what I mean by that, we'll just shoot for the middle. So if I own a home and I don't, I don't know, six panels or whatever, whatever you let me know what that is and mm -hmm. what does that save me? What does that cost me? Uh, and do the states have different, uh, what would they call those? Rebates? Yeah, there's a federal rebate. There's a federal rebate and then yeah. there's state? Depending on the state. But Okay, so take, can, take us through that, yeah. a little bit of that. Yep. So you have the federal tax credit. That's a 30% federal tax credit on the entire solar energy project. So whatever the cost of the project is, you can claim 30% the next year that you file your taxes. Now, a little hint, that 30% is going to go to 26% next year and 22%, and then it's zero for residential projects, so it stays flat at 10% for commercial projects. Um, being in Washington, D.C., we, we'll see if we can change that or not. We'll, yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll try. You guys are on the um, front lines there doing the, doing the work for us. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So so that's a federal tax credit, and and what it, that the goal of that tax credit is really trying to, uh, to give the industry a way to, to mature faster. And that federal tax credit is, when we fill out the form, you'll see it's about fossil fuel, gas, and, and a lot of other stuff, including wind and solar. So it's not something that's created for solar. It's like there for plenty of other industries, and solar just power part of that. That's mm -hmm. one thing. And then each state has some different uh, uh, incentives or regulations. The easiest one is Virginia. They don't have anything. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. Um, then you have uh, states like Maryland and D.C. and plenty of other states in, across the, the United States. It's that they, they provide incentive. Usually it's something with something called a REC, Renewable Energy Credit. Or when it's specifically for solar, it's called a Solar Renewable Energy Credit, like a SREC. And it's a market, just like the stock market, that fluctuates in, in price. And for every megawatt hour of power that you produce, you receive one SREC. And that SREC can have a value in, usually it's around, well, the, the market fluctuates, it's all over the place. But depending on which market you are, uh, in DC, it's around $250 uh, for one SREC. In Maryland, it's around $20 now. Early this year, it was around $8. So it goes up, it goes down. Um, and in Virginia, there is no market at all, it's zero. So every time you produce that power, you can you can sell it. And so it's an incentive that the state puts in that says like, we wanna have more clean power and they forge utilities to pay for that. So the utility has an option, either they install their own thing and they do something about the environment or they pay a fee to everybody that, that did install solar for them. Okay, and what's a typical install in one of your states? Yep, usually you're looking at around um, an, an eight kilowatt system. An eight kilowatt system is 8,000 watts. Let me quickly take a calculator here, 8,000 watts, and our typical solar panel is 215 watts panel, so that's around 25, 25 panels that you mm -hmm. put on, on a home. And that's does our that, average. Does that power the home 100% throughout the year? What, what, what does that look like? Usually not, and that's because people consume just a whole lot of power and that homes usually are like two stories high and so you consume a lot of power on like an actual small surface so solar is fantastic and the efficiency goes up all the time but you need a surface for that usually the limiting factor is the the, the, the size of the roof 
So mm-hmm. you look at a home and there's only so many solar panels that can fit on that roof. That's it. That's, that's usually the determining factor. Do you guys, in your sales process, do you have your own salespeople? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you guys go through like an, a whole ROI thing with them? Hey, if you spend X amount here, you're going to save X amount per year. That accumulates over the years. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's many years ago, I had to find that hippie with money, right? That, that was <laughs> our typical customer, right? Yeah. Right now, it's just, just anybody that pays an utility bill and that wants right. to save money. So right. it's like pretty much everybody. So it's not like the reason why people go solar is not just to save the planet. Like it's a nice, that it's, it's in people's mind, like, oh yeah, that's nice to have. But the determining factor, honestly, it's, it's the money. You yeah. save money and you don't have to do anything. Like. Once you install solar, there's no maintenance, there are no moving parts, you don't hear it, there's no smell to it. So at first, people are excited about having solar and then you see a little app and you see how much you produce. And then after a while, like, well, you produce power every day. So after a while, people kind of get bored by it, which, which is a good thing, right? Just, mm-hmm. It works every day and produce power for you every day. You don't have to do anything. So, so after a while, people stop checking their app because it's going to be the same as the previous day. It's going to produce power, same yeah. as the previous day and the previous day. Yeah. Are you doing one product or do you have a couple different options for people? Yeah, we have different different options, but we try to minimize it um, mm-hmm. so that we have a standard solar panel and then a high efficiency solar panel. There's a price difference, of course. And oh, actually, in the back here, you see this black thing? Mm-hmm. That's the that's this all standard solar panel that we install. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like you have a general contractor that buys the bricks to go build his home, uh, we just buy solar panels to go, that we design and we go install uh, the solar energy system. Yeah, that's that's one. I, I saw, I think you made me watch this from your, <laughs> from your idol, um, Elon Musk. He did a whole thing on the, the like roof panels, like the actual tiles, not these huge yep. things where the entire roof is solar. Is that something that we should expect in the near future or would that be exclusive to Tesla, or is that going to be something that everybody can we, do? we are a Tesla Powerwall certified company. Um, oh, okay. But not that that solar is not not part of what we could install. But knock on wood, I hope I hope it succeeds. It's it's a fantastic product. Um, right now, it's about I think seven or eight times more expensive than what we do. So price wise, not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. You still need to find, I guess, that not a hippie with money, but at least somebody that really wants a like a really nice solar energy system. Yeah. Um, the price difference is right now just, just massively. It does speak to one of the issues with solar, which is, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's kind of ugly, you know, <laughs> or it used to be when they used to be really big and clunky, they've gotten much better, but there is definitely an aesthetic it, it as your roof that some people may not want. So that like these, these yeah. tiles and I don't know, Put the YouTube video on the show sure. notes. We'll put it I mean, it's a really cool. Yeah, it's good. The whole industry is trying to elevate. Like you said, the panels are advancing and we've got Hervé on video. And so we can see a, this black panel, which doesn't look like the old like mm-hmm. Johnny Five panels where they're like multicolored. <laughs> Johnny and Five? Johnny Five. No, no, no. You don't know that reference? What is that? <laughs> the movie Short Circuit. It features a robot called Johnny Five. Anyway. Panels are making a lot of improvements. And so I think visually it is getting more appealing. And also future buyers, when they're looking at homes, if they see a home that obviously is kind of a net zero or at least has a lower bill, that's definitely a good selling point for a future owner. Yeah, I'm into that. Are you exclusively renovation remodeling or are are you doing some new construction as well? We're doing some new construction, uh, but it's but there are more existing roofs to, to be uh, to be worked on to add solar than, than brand new construction, at, at least where we, where we operate. Sure. So, 
let's talk about how you're managing your projects. Cause obviously you've got this big team now, you've got a lot of stuff going on. It's a, the industry is growing. Let's talk a little bit about how you're overseeing all of that. So Villa Trend is a big part of that. I, I just checked like, like uh, right before these, uh, these podcasts, we have 137 ongoing projects. Uh, so I'm glad Billetron keeps track of that for us. Yeah. And and when we use Billetron, like it's it's a pretty large software, but it doesn't look like overwhelming. So it's it's very manageable. And there are some parts of Billetron that we don't don't use, and then we start using it over time. There are some parts of Billetron that are still a bit unknown to us, mm-hmm. uh, and and there are other sections that we use like continuously. Uh, for example, one thing that we do that a key differentiator uh, compared to a lot of other companies is we, we send out a weekly update to our customers. And and every Tuesday, an entire uh, ops team sits together and we go over all our projects. So I just mentioned we go over 137 projects on Tuesday. And, and we send like, we use that those daily logs daily uh, logs, yeah. that we send out. Mm-hmm. And then it's not just for us internally to know where we are with all our projects, but then if you just have a little toggle like inform customer, then they would see that that update too so we went from having just internal updates every week to just inform the customer so we just write it a bit nice like in full sentences mm-hmm. but it's very short and people appreciate it like many times they're like oh thank you and i sometimes things take a long time in the solar industry where yeah you're waiting on permits because yes we, we pull permits for everything and we do everything according to the books and every regulation and sometimes it takes time and so if you don't really have any progress, you're waiting on a permit for, for a few weeks in DC, sometimes a month, two months. It's good that a customer sees like, okay, they still know about me. They didn't forget. It's like being the same update on three weeks in a row, like waiting on permits. But that one little sentence makes all the difference knowing that a customer is aware that we are we are working on it. Yeah, that's great to hear. We talk about that all the time. I think even on the on these airwaves, we've talked about how we recommend once a week summary to the homeowner no matter how much it is, a touch point's a touch point, and they yep. feel they appreciate that. So it's good to confirm that yeah. you guys are applying that. Absolutely, that's a key. I mean, this is super important because in the end, if a customer is happy, it's because there's been a lot of communication too. So, so Hervé, we've, we've covered a lot of stuff today. Just to try to wrap it up and kind of look towards the future, what are you seeing in the industry? What are you excited about? We talked a little bit about the Tesla uh, solar tiles for the roof. You know, what's something that you're really excited about that we're going to see? coming down the line to consumers? I think batteries. Battery is going to be part of just every solar installation that we do. Um, we sell a lot of those power, uh, Tesla power walls. That's one thing. At the same time, what I'd like to see in the solar industry is that solar becomes part of just a regular construction. It's part of every architect designing a home. And Build-A-Trend is, is a construction software. I don't think a lot of solar companies use it. But solar is construction. And so I think it should be integrating just a regular construction project. And solar, I think the exciting part to me about the solar industry is that solar becomes just another construction business, like another one. And so it would be part of the general industry. So it's kind of strange to answer. The most exciting piece is that it becomes very boring and regular. Like right. That's my answer, yeah. actually. That's great, though. That's we'd, good. Lo- we'd love to have you in our space. Yeah, more mainstream. That is construction. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Awesome. Well, Hervé, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We obviously covered a lot. We appreciate you bringing your industry experience and sharing that with us. And uh, don't forget to check out our show notes page where we'll, you'll, we'll list uh, you know a link to your website, to your company. We'll link in those videos to the other products we talked about as well, just so you can check them out. And um, thanks for sharing your experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I didn't speak enough about Billetrain. I really wanted to get the, the message across that you guys are like a really fantastic software. So, no, so that's good. I, it's fantastic. So, uh, we, like we said, we, we appreciate that. But I think the listeners love hearing about your unique story, and you definitely have a good one. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have dropped that you're like a, a authorized Tesla dealer because Tom's going to like personally email you questions. So, <laughs> I just just get ready ask, for that. What kind of car do you drive? Uh, Chevy Volt. See, there you well, go. He's, in the, he's in the EV family. What? That's if, good. If he throws out like diesel suburban, like that would be the curveball <laughs> of the year, you know? <laughs> okay, Hervé, we're going to let you go. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.